Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. 72 billion was subscribed to adult ices in the last tax year. Adult ices? What are they? Like uh, like X-rated? Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Hello. Hello. Oh, yes. No, why did you do the hellos? Why is it always me? I thought I'd get in before you, yeah. Welcome to the latest episode of In For A Penny Podcast. What a week. What a week. Why? What's happened? Have you, I just, well, I know we don't like to link always to a time because it dates us, but we've had in the last week or so, there's been a leadership challenge of the Conservative Party, uh, Partygate, there's been a Platinum Jubilee. It's been busy. Have you ever had your leadership challenged? I haven't got any leadership. <laughs> if I had some, I'd love it to be challenged. Yeah. Um, I haven't had it challenged at work. It's challenged daily at home by my children. Do you think if there was a vote in your house, because you have a lot of children, to oust you from your position as alpha male or as, as, as dad, so the consequence would be you have to, you become the youngest, I don't know, you lose your authority or any authority you had, would you, well, I guess you're, or if, if a child's voting, you're automatically going to lose that, aren't you? Or do you think you could persuade your children to keep you in post? I think they'd want to keep me in power. I'd back them to support me. Yeah, what would your sweeteners your sort of incentives be to, to stay to cling to power well I've got, i'll get the chief whip to go around and negotiate with him i think <laughs> is that, it'll is be that things your wife? like it'll, it'll be late nights yeah. snacks television yeah. uh football in the garden i think if the chief whip can give them what they want i'll be i'll yeah. be okay what, what about you i think that would work with one of my children but the other one who doesn't really like going outside i don't know what yeah just probably just have to be lots of tv or just actually become the chief whip uh, whip and whip the child until no yeah. we don't condone violence we don't is condone joking. violence uh, what did you go up to for the platinum uh, oh, it's weekend it's been a busy platinum jubilee weekend in the Shoffman household Our, i expect um, nothing less daughters were part of an exclusive troop of brownies that went to the trooping mccullough parade which oh, was very the, good the first day of the platinum jubilee weekend so they stood on the corner of horse guards parade they watched as um the soldiers and royals rode in on their horse and carriage into um the parade and were checked by prince charles and they saw the flyover they marched down to buckingham palace all while i stood on the side and with the plebs in the crowds where you belong where i belong there are a lot of um tourists i think a lot of the brits were clever enough to just stay at home watch it on tv where you get a better view but there were i was surrounded by americans and germans and people from all around the world who traveled far and wide to see the royals and one German girl as um, Kate and Camilla and Wills and Kate's children came into horse cars. She shouts out, look, there's Megan, there's Megan. And I had to explain to her it wasn't Megan because they are not official working royals. 
So they're not so who was on it? the parades. It was Kate Middleton. Oh, I see. She got them confused. She got them confused. Okay. We'll, we'll, let, we'll allow her that one. Yeah. I guess if you're not from here, you're not going to know off, off by heart, are you? I, re- I always remember years ago was when I was a kid, we were with my family. I think we were in England. can't remember if we were in England or America, but these, these uh, American family. Oh, you're from... I'm trying to do Americans. Hey, from London. That's amazing. Do you know Piccadilly Soikis? <laughs> do you know Leicester Square? <laughs> good old days. Good old days. Did you did you have any street parties? Your street's quite good for a street party. Yeah, our street is good. But there was a street party on our street. We didn't attend because we were on holiday. We were in Gran Canaria. Oh, how was Gran Canaria? It's fantastic. Did you get caught in the airport chaos? Um, there was a really long queue. To, to when we got to the airport to do the, the bag drop. Yeah. It's a bit weird now. There's no one sitting behind the desk. You have to use no. the, the machine and do it yourself. Yeah. And most of the people are technology illiterates Yeah. and don't know what they're doing. So it was just a very long queue. Because there used to be an advantage to the bag drop because it, everyone would be queuing to check in, but you would previously check in online and then you'd just go and dump your bags and that was it. But now everyone has to queue. And and now they wonder why there's this whole backlog at the airport. And we had we had uh, an unfortunate instance, not the right word, but uh, Mrs G made a bit of an error. She didn't realise that we had to um, select seats early in advance for our flights because it was booked with a package company, but they did the flight via EasyJet. So as you know, we've got four reasonably young kids. Yeah. And we end up getting a row of three, hey. but then three single seats randomly <laughs> dotted around the plane. Wow. Uh, which was a bit annoying. Yeah. But we managed to... Uh, Especially for the people... You couldn't persuade people to swap around. I, ma- I managed to persuade one person to swap. So I had Steph with two of the kids. Yeah. I had two of the others together. Yeah. And I, I was forced to sit by myself. Oh, you've done well. Well done. <laughs> I, I, I had uh, listening to my podcast. I was yeah. reading a book. I had a little nap. It was, oh, it was horrible. It was how long, horrible. How long is the flight to Gran Canaria? It's about four hours. Was that the highlight of a holiday for you? I think it was probably one of the highlights. <laughs> and the way back was a similar scenario. Wow. Yeah, so it was good. Good. So what should we talk about today? Well, why do we, a lot of people are panicking at the moment? So, I'm getting some yeah. questions or, or calls uh, from people saying, you know, things going on in Ukraine, there's things going on in um, uh, inflation. Is now a good time to invest? So, why don't we talk about when is the best time to invest? Okay. So, there was data today, well, depending when you're listening, but uh, the latest data from HMRC for the it also depends when you're listening. For the 2020-21 tax year, <laughs> as long as you listen over the next year or so, shows um, around 72 billion was subscribed to adult ISIS in the last tax year. Well, no, the 2020 tax year. What are they? Like, uh, like X-rated? Indiv- individual savings accounts. Tax-free, tax-free savings. Yeah. Yeah? So you earn your interest free of tax. Um now, actually, interestingly, we can come back to this as well if you like, but there was a decrease in people putting money into cash ISAs that fell by 12 billion. And there was an increase in people putting money into stocks and shares ISAs to 10 billion, which I think is interesting because in the past when I've written about this, there's been more interest in cash ISAs because people tend to be more risk averse. 
and so we'll put money in for a fixed rate and, and don't want to put too much risk in the stock market because they may not know too much about it or they may be worried about the costs or losing money. But um, in the 2020-21 tax year, people seem to go for the stock market, which some have attributed to the pandemic, people being bored at home or having more time to actually do their research. Or there was actually that, a big push towards um, armchair investors as well, wasn't there, during that period. Do you remember those days? I do remember those days. I think it's fantastic that we're seeing an increase in money going into uh, stocks and shares ISAs as opposed to cash ISAs. As you know, I bang on about investing all the time rather than leaving your money in the bank. Hmm. So to have that swing, I think people are finally realising that cash or bank accounts aren't necessarily the best place for your money. Is that what you think has made people change their mind, just for rates or...? Um, I think it's probably a few of the things you said before. So 2021, so that's April 2020 to March 2021. That is sort of the the start of the pandemic, isn't it? The, the main bit of the pandemic. And people were starting to invest because they had a bit of time on their hands. They also had more money because they weren't going out and spending. So maybe felt a bit more comfortable to invest rather than save. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, I don't know if you've, got or if it's too soon that the, the 21 22 figures to see if that trend continued hmm. i think isa managers have about six months after the end of the tax year to send their returns so i think that's why everything's very much delayed because it depends when the providers start counting all their money yeah because we're, we're 14 months after the end of 2020 yeah. 21 aren't we and a lot's changed since then interest rates have gone up which arguably pushes cash ISA rates up. Yeah, it makes them more attractive. But on the flip side, inflation has gone up, which makes them less attractive. So mm. it's uh, swings and roundabouts. Should we? So let's talk about when is a good time to invest because inflation is an interesting thing to talk about when you're thinking about your timing or wh- why you should invest, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me why. So, tell me why timing is important. Now tell me about inflation. Why? That, how that links to investing? Well, the, the main reason to invest is, well, firstly, there's, there's usually an end goal. So I want to stop work at a certain age. I want to be able to go on holidays a year. I want to pay for my kids' education. So that there's usually a, like a, a personal goal for investing. But from a financial point of view, you want your money to at least keep pace with inflation. So... When you earn 1% leaving the money in the bank or a, or a cash ISA and inflation is 8%, the real return you're getting is minus 7%. So your money is, is going down by 7% each year. So if today you could buy a, uh, a litre of beer, I don't, I don't, don't hold me to these numbers, mm. but that means next year you'll only be able to buy 930 millilitres of beer. That's less beer. Exactly. And, and mm. that's sort of, uh, that, that goes, that um, compounds each year. Yeah. So when you invest in the great companies of the world, great businesses, normally over the longer term, they will out, outperform inflation because they will continue to make profits. If you think about, um, I don't know, let's take 
Sky as an example or Vodafone or someone like that, they always put up their prices with inflation, don't they? So yeah. you're paying more for those services. And in, in turn, they should continue to make the profits and pay out dividends. Hmm. So you can't keep pace with inflation by leaving your money in the banks, whereas you can and will over the long term by putting it into stocks and shares, into businesses. Over what period should you be thinking? Because obviously to get 9% a year now, you're going to have to take some risky bets to to get that from your stocks, aren't you? Yeah, so you ha- first the question is what game are you playing? Are you a short-term investor? If you are, you're sort of speculating. You're saying, right, I'm going to buy Vodafone, I'm going to buy Sky, I'm going to buy Japanese, whatever it may be. You're speculating that that's going to perform well over the short period. But if you are like most of us and are a long-term investor, so you're playing a long-term game, you don't have to take risky bets. You don't have to pick risky sectors for a few reasons. Over the long term, a diversified portfolio portfolio will perform the best. And another reason is inflation is not 9% every year. Hmm. So all being well, within a few years, it will get back to more sustainable levels. Two, three, four percent, which are much more manageable returns. So some years, yes, your portfolio will return twenty-five percent, and you'll far you'll far outperform. The next year, you might be down ten percent. So if you're prepared to accept the fluctuations, and I've picked like big range there, it shouldn't always be that big. But if you're prepared to accept fluctuation, you will you will outpace inflation. So can we say when inflation is rising? that is a good time to invest? When inflation is rising, we can say that it is a good time to invest. When inflation is falling, we can say it's a good time to invest. And when inflation is staying the same, we can say it's a good time to invest. Do you see what I'm doing there, Mark? I see what you're doing there. I'm trying to not just simply say it's always a good time to invest because I want us to not just look at this in a vacuum. Because obviously at the same but time... But it is always a good time to invest. Yes, but the end... that's what i wanted to avoid doing um because at the same time while you have let's say where we are now with inflation rising uh the government and the bank of england are a little bit worried about that the bank of england has a target to get inflation down to two percent and one mechanism it has to do that is to increase interest rates which is the cost of borrowing so how, how much you pay for mortgages and credit cards and loans and things like that so that's currently going up now there are what are interest rates now? Go on, 1% or something? The base rate, yeah. The base rate is 1%. So that's going up and that's pushing up your other costs. So does that make investing, does that make this also still a good time to invest while your other financial costs are going up? If you can afford it, yes. So I say that because if you're struggling to pay your bills and you're... Uh, losing money each month, for for want of a better term, you shouldn't then start putting it all into investments. So if you can afford to invest, yes, it's still a good time to do it. Even more so, because like we're saying, leaving it in the bank is not going to do anything for you. And how how do you know it's a good... How do you know if you can afford it? Um, Most people will have a, a sense of what sort of... I say most people, that's probably not right, but a lot of people will have a sense of what 
their incomings and outgoings are each month. So I don't mean to the penny, but they'll have a good idea as to whether at the end of the month they've got more or less than they started with. If you've got more than you started with, then you're not spending as much as you get in, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. If you end the month with less than you started with, then the chances are you're spending more than comes in and it's not a good position to be in. So that's sort of a, a simplistic term to do it, a way to do it. You could you could jot down a, a budget, so all the money that comes in, all the money that goes out and, and tot it up. Or you could have like seek a professional and have a proper financial plan to work out if you can afford it. But putting money aside each month into the bank is only good for a short period of time till you've got a small emergency fund. But after that, you need to be investing it. But as if interest rates keep going up, is there going to be a point where you, it becomes less of a good time to start investing or, 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 it's a, or it could become a time where you have to invest less? I'm not sure um, that the two are necessarily linked. What, what I'd be sort of asking is if interest rates go up, do does saving become more attractive? So if you could get 5% in your bank account, is that suddenly does that suddenly become attractive compared to let's say the one percent that you could have got a few months ago? And does it okay? What, let's go for that then. Does it? Um, it becomes attractive in in the sense that it looks good just to say, okay, I can see I'm going to get five percent a year. But longer term, no, stocks and shares will still outperform the bank. So let's set that aside a second, but. I think that's an interesting time to introduce another factor in investing, which is um, the kind of economic and political environment and market sentiment, which can affect your portfolio. So um, we've had a few more economic shocks than usual in recent years from, well, Brexit, a pandemic, and uh, now the uh, Russia invading Ukraine, which has all had, had its impact on stocks and shares and affected economies around the world and there's talk of um, recessions and um, if you look at some of the main markets like the FTSE and things they're, they're, they're struggling at the moment Does, yeah. so if on the one hand you have that and you're, you've just started investing and you're seeing things in the red like going down but then if as interest rates rise and you're offered the certainty of a 5% rate even for the next two years how how do you weigh up whether now is a good time to invest or is whether now is better to keep it in cash savings? So, so the the biggest mistake that um, normal investors make is trying to time the market, trying to pick the exact day to go in to say, right, uh, I think today is the high, so I'm going to sell everything today, cash, sell all my investments and move into cash. And then saying, right, I think today is the lowest day of the market. I'm going to buy back in. So that's the hardest thing to do. And a mistake a lot of people make is the market starts to dip. They sell out of their investments on the way down. Um, they say, I'm going to wait for it to bottom out. And they buy back in at a higher amount than they sold for. So there's an um, interesting um, statistic that I had a look at. Um, so this, um, the average return of the FTSE all share index, that's like all the shares in the main 
stock exchange in England over a 15-year period returned 6.4% a year. So on average, each year it grew by 6.4% over 15 years. Now, if you try to um, dip in and out of that to try and think, well, this is the good day, this is the, the bad day, your growth goes from 6.4% a year to 2.2% a year. Okay, it's a bit of a difference, isn't it? That's if you miss the best 10 days. Sorry, I'm not sure if I said that. That's if you miss the best 10 days over that 15-year period. So just missing the best 10 days takes your return from 6% to 2%. If you miss the best 20 days because you sold out and you waited and you waited, your annual your average annual return is minus 0.35%. So you actually lost money each year. Missed the best 30 days over that 15 years and you got minus 2.4%. And missed the best 40 days, minus 4%. It is is nigh on impossible to pick what's the day that it's on a high, what's the day it's on a low to get in and out. And if you are happy to play a long-term game, which pretty much everyone we deal with is staying invested is the best thing to do. So the sooner you get in, the better. Is it hard to convince someone of that if, say, it was the end of 2019 and you were looking at the markets and if you've been monitoring it since then and then you've had the pandemic and markets went down and then went up again and then then you had Russia and then markets went down and slowly going up and then down again. How do you convince someone who was a bit nervous to start when all they've seen technically over the last two to three years is pretty volatile drafts? Um, well, I'd, volatility is what you want when you're investing. That's why you earn. That's why you earn money because you're prepared to accept uh, volatility. So, one what a lot of investors do is they invest on a monthly basis. So you have a direct debit set up into your ISA or your pension or whatever it is for £100, £1,000, £10,000, whatever it is. And each month you're buying into the investment. So if the stock markets, and I use the term loosely stock markets, don't know exactly where you invest, but if the stock markets go down, it just means that next month you're buying more. And if the stock markets go down, the next month you're buying even more. Whilst you are accumulating your investments so building them up it's it's not a bad thing if markets are low it's actually a good thing it only really counts when you need to sell and that's at the point you want things to be high so it's very hard concept to get your head around a lot of people can't but you have to ignore the short-term performance don't worry if you put some money into investment and it's flat after your first year or it's even down a bit because if you've invested in the right place and hopefully you've sort of uh, got some help to make sure you are in the the right place, um, over the long term, you'll be absolutely fine. Okay. I think it's, it's also sometimes starting that way and seeing uh, like a stagnant performance or losses early on is actually quite a good thing and it's a bit humbling Whereas if you see huge gains straight away, it can have the opposite effect and make you overconfident and greedy. 
So um, to give you an example, I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast before. I had um, someone come to see me, um, it must be about a year ago now, so let's say middle of 2021, and they had made money on cryptocurrency. Mm. They'd put in, I can't remember what the amount was, and it boomed into a big amount of money. And they were thought, they said to me, Look, I'm, I'm really good at this and um, you know, I'm making loads of money on it. I think I'm going to give up my job and do it full, <laughs> full time. Wow. It's just someone like in their 20s, like early 20s, first job. And I said to this person, do not give up your job, whatever you do. I said, you've only been through a, a boom. You know, I can't remember if he had Bitcoin or whatever it was, but the price has just gone up and up and up and you've only lived through that. I don't think I use these words, but any idiot can make money when things are going up. Yeah. Until you start to see the volatility and crashes and things going down, you don't, you don't know if you're any good. And I don't know whether this person took my advice. I never heard from them again. Right. <laughs> sometimes you can, um, sometimes you give people the right advice, but they don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, but I would always give people the right advice, whether they want to become a client or whether they then choose to become a client or not. I'd rather tell them, what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Um, and there's a very famous saying by Warren Buffett, and I'll, I've got to just remind myself what it is. So I'll just have a quick look. Okay. okay. I'm just going to ponder about your cryptocurrency, man. I feel bad. I hope he saw the light. So the so the so this is sort of um, a famous quote by Warren Buffett. Yeah. Only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. Nice. Yeah, it's quite uh, apt for this uh, for this one. I can't remember how I got onto. I think it was just your voice made me start thinking about swimming naked. <laughs> so only invest with your clothes on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I guess talking using that analogy, that sort of swimming and life uh, naked and trunks analogy. We as financial advisors, financial planners, wealth managers, whatever you want to call us, the real ones, not the ones that are just selling you products, the real ones, we are your lifeboat. We're here to make sure you can navigate these stormy waters sensibly and you don't sink and you don't lose your pants. That's what we're here to do. Okay. And do, I mean, do you get much, have, have you ever successfully, well, I guess you must have done, changed someone's mind when they said, oh, I don't think this is the right time. I'm nervous. I don't want to do it. I mean, also you can't force someone, but I've had, do you have success stories where you've turned it around and people have come back to you and said, oh, I'm really glad you persuaded me? Yeah, there was um, one example springs to mind because I think there's a video on our website from this uh, lady. So I can name her because it's on the website, a lady called uh, Maureen. She got very nervous during the pandemic, understandably. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a long conversation. I think it must have been a telephone call or a Zoom because we wouldn't have got together in person because she wanted to stop all her... She was a monthly contributor into her investments and wanted to stop it all because she was panicked. She read the, the papers, listened to the news. And I explained to her much of what we've discussed today and why she should continue with it. And she did. And she was... Um, really delighted that she did because markets came back and whilst things were low, she was buying more more units. So it worked out well. 
And that's quite a common thing. I'm using her as an example because it's in the public domain, but it's yeah. it's quite common. Um, on the flip side, you get some people who just don't want to listen, yeah. um, do their own thing, and you've just got to be there to help them as much as they will let you. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's less about when's a good time to invest, but it's that it's a bad time to avoid it. Yeah, don't delay. Don't delay. Start today. Start today. Please remember, anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice. But if you do need support, feel free to contact us on Twitter. You can reach me at Mark Schoffman and Josh at Josh Gersler. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on your podcasting app. That helps people find us and lets us know you're enjoying what you hear. So thank you for being in for a penny. Thank you.